career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and today before we dive in, I just want to give everybody a quick reminder that our next 40 Plus Men's Chat is coming up on May the 5th at 6 p.m. Pacific. We do those once a month. It's a great place to come together, chat, get with a bunch of guys, talk about the things that guys are talking about or aren't talking about, feel comfortable, get connection, get some clarity, all that good stuff. So if you'd like to be part of those, you can go to 40 plus men's chat. You can either spell out the word 40 or you can use the numerical 40 men's chats and join us. So again, 40 plus men's chats either way. And we'd love to have you. We've been having some really good turnout and some really great conversations. So speaking of great conversations, I was really lucky to meet this next guest through another program that I work in. And he's a speaker. He's got a great online brand. He's also helping out there in the forefront right now with the whole COVID virus as a nurse. But he's also a guy that really has found that his pathway and something he's really passionate about is about helping dads be better dads and really be the dad they always dreamed of. His name is Mark LeMasters, and he has a really, really cool brand called Uplifting Dads. And when I met him, I thought, you know what? This would be perfect for the podcast that we have here for 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. And he's a father of two, and we'll dive into all that sort of stuff. But um, just want to say welcome to the podcast, Mark. So glad you're here, man. Thanks for having me, Rick. It's so <clears> great <throat> to be here. So you have gone on a mission, it sounds like, besides being somebody out there on the front lines right now, but you're kind of on a mission to help dads even be better dads. So kind of a cool brand you're starting to build out here, man. What was the impetus behind it? Yeah, well, so when my son turned eight, I realized that I was doing a lot of stuff with my son. I was Mm -hmm. spending time with him. I was doing things, but I didn't really know him. Mm. And I realized for whatever reason at age eight that I had 10 years left with him. I only had so much time to teach him all these things that I was supposed to teach him, but I really wasn't sure what I was supposed to teach him. Mm. So I started feeling this kind of overwhelming feeling of, man, I got a lot of stuff to do, but where do I start? And Mm -hmm. what do I do and how do I do it? So I started being a little bit more intentional, started reading more, started kind of researching it, talking Mm -hmm. to other dads. And my wife actually mentioned Mark, you should write a book. And I thought she was crazy at the time because I was coming up with these cool ideas, but then I was spending all this time doing this research, but I wasn't spending that time with my kids. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit hypocritical. So I just decided, you know what, I need to do something. And I decided to write that book. And um, that's kind of where the impetus was, is I realized I didn't know what to do and I needed, and I wanted to know my son on a deeper level than mm-hmm. I already, than I was at the time. It's awesome. And then one book led to another, led to another. And suddenly this thing has really started to take off for you, man. So what was, what was something that after you did the very first book <clears throat> that you began to realize that, Hey, this book led me here. And I know, cause I'm in the midst of trying to get started with the second book myself, but 
what was something that's like, hey, I think I want to keep going here? Because some people write a book and they're like, okay, checkbox, done that, and they move on. But it seems like you have kind of found that this is the thing that's moving your brand forward. Yeah, the thing that really made me keep going, the thing that I felt, um, I guess that, yeah, that, that, that impetus was there to mm-hmm. start it, but then to keep going was the reaction from individual dads. So I started doing some online co- some coaching and calling guys and, and having these conversations a lot like what you're talking about. Cause we just, right. we don't like to admit that we need help. Right. And once, once we decide, yeah, I need some help, then guys open up, right? We, we, mm-hmm. we need to, we crave that. Um, but we just have to have the right forum to do it. Mm-hmm. And we want it to be confidential in a way that we want to trust the people that are in that group. Yep. And so, but once I heard, um, I, I was fortunate enough to know, I think meet the first person I actually, uh, read my, and bought my book and I didn't know him before, but he was a, a local guy and he actually called me up and said, Hey, I see that you're from Rochester. And I, you know, I'd like to talk to you more about your book. So that was really cool to see what he was doing with his son mm-hmm. through the book. But then that coaching, I get off calls and my wife, my wife would be like, man, you, you're talking like you're alive. Like I've never seen you before. Mm. And I think that's where it started kind of building up. Like I, there's something here and I'm helping dads and I'm, 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 but I'm helping myself too. So it was just this kind of a win win thing. And, um, I just continue to feel, feel led towards doing that. And so another book, another book, and now more speaking, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting as you're talking through that, because that is actually how I got to where I got being a coach. I started, you know, people started asking me, Hey, you know, I know you came out of the closet and you were married and you had kids and, you know, how did you handle this? Or what did you do here? Or how did you, you know, keep from like (laughs) losing your mind or, you know, how did you get past the fears and everything? And I had lost my job and was doing what I normally did, which was doing some marketing and branding stuff. And I'm like, okay, I can, you know, I have this little small consulting business that I wasn't super crazy about, but it was, it was, you know, bringing some money in. It wasn't completely paying the bills, but if I had put my effort into it and go, okay, back in the saddle, get in your branding head, get in your marketing head. I could have, I could have made some good money, but I just wasn't into it. And then one day as somebody was asking me these questions, I thought, you know what? I've been using a coach. I wonder what it would look like if I decided to do this. But the fears kind of held me back. It's like, no, no, you can't give everything up. So I started exploring it. And then before I knew it, I'm like, damn, this is, this is bringing me alive. This is waking me up. This is like making me feel excited. And, and before I knew it, that was the beginning. I started with coaching and then a year later I was doing a podcast and then I started writing the book. So it's so interesting to hear this same thing brought you alive in just a different realm. And as you started working with these guys and doing the books, what was something that you started to notice for yourself that was making you even a better dad? Yeah. Well, I think when I was felt more alive and I was, I was practicing what I was preaching, if you will, I was doing the things because I felt even, um, I felt I had this extra energy and I felt like I had even more time to do it. And then when I had that time, I was doing it Mm -hmm. and my kids could see it because they could see when I was, I was, I wasn't alive when I was, um, 
you know, I had depression, anxiety, that kind of stuff. And that was creeping into my life. And I was able to overcome that. And, but when I was doing the coaching and the writing and, and um, I would come home from work and I'd have energy left um, for yeah. my day job, if you will, to after coaching that I could have this extra energy with my kids and they saw that in me and, and so did my wife. And that was where, that's where, like I said, I, I felt alive and I felt like I had this extra burst of energy to do these things with my kids. And mm -hmm. the more that I did stuff with my kids, the more ideas that I had, the more creative juices that I had, um, the more writing I wanted to do. So it just kind of trickles, trickles in. And then mm -hmm. sometimes you just get in that wheelhouse and start, you know, getting into that, getting in the groove into the zone, that kind of thing. Right. And it is interesting because what I found, the more I started doing the work and then I decided, you know what, I really want to do this, but I want to go get some training. So I went and got certified as a coach. But the moment that I really dove in and did this and it wasn't easy, I'm going to say it was easy, but it became easier to do the work and easier to go, okay, yeah, I want to be a coach. And even though it was hard building the practice and I had some interesting challenges just because of the kind of work I did, it was still something that just kept me alive and kept me going and made me realize <clears throat> I'm really, really, really want to be doing this work. This is what I'm meant to be doing here. And so I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, and I love the brand name Uplifting Dads, but what do you feel like a lot of dads struggle with the most? They struggle with the fear that they're not the father their kids need to be. They're, they're worried that they're not enough. And I think what happens, and I know from talking to dads and coaching and, and speaking to them, that they go to other things. They go to the distractions because it's just easier. Mm -hmm. And they can they get lost in those things. They put extra into work, into hobbies, into, um, you know, it could be drugs, it could be porn, it could mm -hmm. be all of the above. Yeah. But it's just easier that way. It's easier right. to sit on the couch and just kind of sit there and, Honestly, um, I've, I've gone into the trap too. It just kind of, we kind of feel sorry for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We just say, Oh, well I messed that up. So I'm just a failure. Um, the other thing I think is we can feel defeated that mm -hmm. we've messed up one too many times and that our kids are never going to forgive us. Our kids are never going to respect us. And, and I've found that time and time again, that is just not true. Mm -hmm. Our kids crave our attention. They, they, they give us, they give us so much more grace than we would ever imagine because mm -hmm. we're dad and mm -hmm. we love them and they need that. And they do need that. And I think, you know, it's been interesting. In fact, just before we got on here to go record this, my daughter came over and, <clears throat> you know, through all this, we're, we're kind of trying to, you know, keep our distance, but you know, she's on her own. She's living alone right now because our roommates from college are all gone. And so it's, it's a tough one because it's like, okay, as long as she's not seeing other people, we're kind of like, okay, but we're still trying to keep our distance. But she shows up and I had just finished doing some other recordings and I'm like, I'm a little anal retentive about how I do these recordings. It's like, okay, as soon as it's done, then I'm going to edit, I'm going to do my social media. I'm going to get the page done. You know, it's like, I have this rhythm, you know, so that I do it. And she showed up and I thought she's here. It's okay. You have nothing going on on Friday. You'll get to these. None of these shows are you know, going to be airing anytime soon. And I'm so glad I took the moment and we went and went for a walk together and 
spent that time together. And it's about not putting these other things in place so that you can have that time with them. Because at any given time, any of us know that we may not have that time with someone. But as a parent, I've found the more time I was able to spend with my daughters, especially in a <clears throat> family that's completely a different structure than what it was when they came into this world, the more respect they have. And I think that's when we, as parents, go, oh, my child doesn't respect me. I think you need to step back a little bit and ask yourself, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Not because the kid's bad. And sometimes, you know, sometimes there is kids with issues. But I think sometimes we need to take the responsibility that we're the ones who created the disrespect. We didn't give them the time. We didn't give them what they needed. And I think that's what you're kind of driving towards. Yeah, that's, that's uh, well said. Because we always think that we always want to blame somebody else. We want mm -hmm. to blame our circumstance. We want to blame just it could be a substance. It could be a bunch of different things. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we need to just really take that step back, look at ourselves, and say, I, I'm a part of this and mm -hmm. I can be part of the, I can be part of the solution too. Mm -hmm. And what you did today though, is what the busyness of this culture has driven. I think is that mm -hmm. you just, but you, you know, we're, we're so used to saying, okay, I gotta get this done, but you took the time you, she's always going to remember that walk. Like yep. I remember going and seeing my dad stop what he was doing. And we went on this walk when the, the coronavirus is all it's, she, she's just going to remember that. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, you can't get that time back because mm -hmm. the next time she might come over, you might not be able to go for a walk. It might be mm -hmm. raining or it might be whatever. Right. You guys just did it. And right. we have to just stop doing what we're doing and listen to our kids, no matter if they're two or 20. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, or older, but that's a cool example of what, um, you know, what we usually don't do, but you did it today. So well, and congrats then, on that, man. It's huge. Yeah. It's a huge deal. And then now I'm going to tell on myself because this morning, <laughs> my other daughter who doesn't live here, she lives a couple of hours North of us. And I don't know what I, I'd gone downstairs to get coffee or something. And it was like between recording and my phone was laying here and I saw, Oh, there was a miss. FaceTime call from her. And so I, you know, really quickly called her back and she's like, hi. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> I'm like, you FaceTime me. And she's like, no, you FaceTime me. And I was like, okay, I don't have time for this today. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't FaceTime you. And she goes, well, I can send you a proof of it. I'm like, no, 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 let's not go down there. I'm like, what did you need? And she goes, I didn't need anything. And it was just so interesting. I'm like, wait, slow down. This is your kid that you can't see right now. I can't right. see her. You know, I can't, I mean, okay, yeah, she could drive down here, but it would be against everything we're being told right now. Right. I wouldn't want her to, I miss her greatly, you know, and as I, as I was in the midst of that, like, okay, I'm not going to argue about who FaceTime who, but I said, you know what? So how's your day going? You know, let's, uh, let's chat right now while I've got a little bit of time because that one's harder. You know, yeah. I don't know when I'm going to get to see her again. And I think sometimes if we could just put this and I'm hoping not because I want this to be one of the lessons that we all learn, but I think this particular time in our planet is a really good time for us to stop and think about what if we don't get to have those connections? What does that, where does that leave us? Yeah. It's a huge thing. And, and we just keep 
coming back to time, right? Mm-hmm. We keep talking about time and and right now we've we've been given a gift of time. Mm-hmm. And in some people's worlds is this is a busier time than it's ever been. And I get mm-hmm. that. Yep. But for the for a lot of people, we've been given this gift of mm-hmm. time. And and how are we going to use that? Mm-hmm. Is it to go out and and try and and do all the things that we've tried to do in the past, or is it is it really time to sit back and enjoy um, a less chaotic lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it time to 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 what to to work on a project together with your family? Is it time to do a puzzle together? Is it time mm-hmm. to do some really cool things to build stronger relationships yep. to get closer? It's almost kind of like there's been this pause button that's been pressed, and yep. and believe me, I see. I see and I hear about the devastation that this virus is causing yep. and, and, yep. and that goes without saying, I think yeah. um, that we respect that. And, but at the same time, um, man, there's, there's some great opportunities here. So don't, mm-hmm. one of the things I'd love to just, um, you know, remind your audience is that we might not get this time again. And this is the time just to, to like you, you did, you know, you, you kicked, you stop what you're doing and you just spent time with your kids because man, we might, we might not get this time. You have mm-hmm. 6,570 days from the time that your kid is born till the time that they're turned 18. Yep. And there's a lot of days in here that we get to spend with them that we weren't going to be able to before. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's use it wisely. It is. And it's interesting because, you know, I've had, I don't, you know, my kids are older, so they're 21 and 24 and, you know, now we're entering, you know, my oldest daughter's birthday month and it hit me today like, okay, wow, I may not get to see her this birthday. And it, and it's, it's a biggie. It's 25, you know, and yeah. you know, it's like, okay, so this is going to be a little bit difficult, you know, but then on the flip side, I'm talking to friends who have little ones and they're like, I, I'm going nuts. And I get that. I mean, as a parent, I've been there, right? It's like, oh my God. But then when I hear a parent, and this was like earlier this week on the news, you know, or maybe it was last week as, as things were, you know, cause in California, we've been shelter in place now for well, going on two by the end of this week, two weeks, I guess. And they were interviewing parents, like, how are you coping? And they were interviewing this one mom, local mom. And she goes, well, it's okay, but you know, about three hours into the day, uh, you know, and her kids, her kids, elementary school, probably third, fourth graders, somewhere in that range, are standing right next to her. You know, three or four hours into the day, they're you know they're driving me nuts and driving me crazy. I'm like, well, what, what? she laughed about it, which I get that, but it's like, what message did you just send to your kids? You know, and it it was just one of those moments where I thought, wow, maybe it's really time to stop and pause. Yeah, really stop and pause and think. And, and, you know, I'm going to speak from my own heart right now because I haven't had a relationship with my father for about a good year and a half right now. And we, we don't do well together. And I can't say that it's because of this that I decided to like drop it, but I'm just like, okay, let's just put this aside right now and let's just do the best we can and see what happens. And I think that's part of what I would say is really being that uplifting dad or even uplifting person is to the best of our abilities. And again, I'm no angel at this and I don't think anybody is. No. But what can you do to like teach that to your own kids that helps them see 
this is really what you can do to be a better person in life. Yeah. That's, I think it just goes with that. Um, that maybe that servant attitude as far mm-hmm. as, you know, what, what can we do in this time to brighten somebody's day with all the negative stuff? You know, we try and keep our kids away from the news, but they're teenagers. They're on devices. Um, neither of them are, are big news people, but they feel it. They understand that this is a stressful time. They understand mm-hmm. that, that, that people are dying. They understand that people have lost their jobs. We have people that, you know, we friends of, that we have that, that aren't working right now. And how does, yeah. how does that, how does that all add up? So there's stress. They understand that, but what are some, what are some of those things that our kids can be doing now? You know, I, we talked about um, writing handwritten letters to mm-hmm. um, grandparents because they get something in the mail, mm-hmm. um, you know, zooming or calling a friend that they haven't seen for three weeks now that they're not in school. And not that right. that's, like rocket science, but some of these, sometimes our kids are texting so much that they don't actually call and talk. Um, so that seems simple. Um, but then what are some things that, you know, with, with people that aren't as fortunate as us, um, and, and how can they make brighten their day, that random act of kindness thing? What are, so we're trying to get our kids to think about some, some creative ideas with this extra time that they have yeah. out there on spring break too. What can you do to brighten someone's day and put some positive in the world mm-hmm. instead of the negative? And when they do that, when they do those random acts of kindness, they see that they, they learn. I think I know they learn two things. They learn how to be a servant, how to be, you know, uh, a giver, mm-hmm. but they also feel, learn to feel what that, that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, they learn to say, okay, I'm going to be able to help somebody that's less fortunate than me, but it actually kind of is fun to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about that. And that over time, I think just helps create this, um, help others attitude and yeah. it shows them respect. And then it helps them to not feel as entitled because I think there's a big entitlement thing that's going on with these, these kids that are in all these different activities yep. that have just come to this absolute stop. Like, oh, Johnny's not the star Center of the baseball attention. team yeah. and going to these travel things on the weekends and he's the hero of the weekend. Right. Um, they're having to find this new kind of identity, I think. And yep. and that might come out more and more as time goes on, but that, that content. Well, and I, th- I think not only, I think not only for kids, but I think, <laughs> I think there's a lot of adults that are going through that right now. You know, if they're having to work from home, and they're not having the interaction or they don't even have a job. And suddenly that job is everything that defined them. You know, how are they handling this? And I think this is where we're all being called in such an interesting way to show up so much differently and just decide, okay, how do I want to be here right now? And yes, I'm still getting pissed off about things. (laughs) I get angry about stuff, but I'm also noticing how much more I'm giving myself more grace and I'm actually giving other people more grace, you know, because what other choice do we have? And I think it's, I'm hoping I said this, I said this to my dad the other day when we actually were having a conversation and they're, they're very religious and I'm not as religious. I'm not religious at all compared to what they are. I'm very spiritual, but I said, well, this is the way I look at it. The world has a really big wake up call right now and we're being asked to become more conscious. 
doesn't mean you're not being asked to be more religious. Doesn't mean you're not being asked. I'm just saying, I think we're all being called to something greater than what we were. And if we can realize that whatever happens on the other side of this is going to be so much better in so many ways, because we all are in this together. I mean, we can't, there's nobody who is immune from this right now. And it's just an interesting place. I think as fathers, and I think a lot of guys are being called to this in a way that they never saw possible because now they're, a lot of them are probably having to be at home, be at home in the home with kids all the time. And they probably have never had to do that. They don't yeah. even know how to do it. And, and I think, you know, from, from my uh, stay at home dad peeps out there, they're just, mm-hmm. They're like, this is, I got this, you know, and what can we learn from them? And, and they're, they're thriving right now with it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, so, but I think you hit something. There's, there's a big identity piece to this whole thing where we're not getting the attaboys at work that Mm -hmm. they might have been getting in the past. Um, And so now when they're at home, they're a little bit out of how, how am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing here? Um, and they're, they're seeing a whole new side of what happens at home Monday through Friday. Yep. And, um, I think it's time it's that it's a, it's an awesome time to really dive into that and to be accepting of it and understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd love to see how, how dads can take this, you know, how, how mm-hmm. can they roll with this and what can be, what awesome things are going to come out of this? Because, we know there's going to be bad things that come out of it. Sure. But what are some awesome creative new things that are going to come out of this extra time? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. It's been interesting because uh, <clears throat> in my office where I sit here, there's a big window that looks out over the street where our townhome is right on the street. And so I can see everybody that goes by. Right. And it's been interesting when I used to just be sitting here and see, you know, the moms with the strollers or the moms with the kids, the moms with the bikes. And now, I see a whole lot more men and I'm like, this is really kind of cool. This is really cool. In fact, (laughs) knowing that we were going to have this conversation this week, I was like, I'm going to just kind of watch and see how many guys I see out. And it's interesting because I've kind of kept a really rough tally. I actually see more men going down the street with bikes and strollers and all that other stuff than I do women. And in my own mind, I'm going, maybe this is because moms are finally saying, I need a break and you need to go do this and you need to, you know, take the time to go do this, which I've always felt is a really cool thing. I mean, I, I work from home pretty much all the way through most of my kids elementary school on up. I mean, I was already working from home and so I was the one picking kids up, bringing the neighborhood kids to our house. You know, we were, we had at one point, there was a kind of a sharing group of us parents where we'd each take a turn a day picking up kids and taking them to our homes and I was like the only stay at home dad, but I'd have six or eight kids in, in the house. And yes, was it trying at times? Yeah, but I made it work and I still worked. I mean, I, I get them home, get their snacks. I'm like, okay, Mr. Rick's off to his office. You guys don't kill each other and nobody in the pool, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But um, it's just so interesting. So, so as and we maybe, wrap it, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was just going to say real quick that maybe this is the new trend. Maybe this is one of those cool things that's going to come out of it is that, dads are going to be out doing the walks and the moms can stay back and do what they need to do to take care of them too. So it's kind of cool. What is something that you feel like you've learned by really dialing in 
to this other space of being who you're meant to be as a man and as a dad for you? I, I think I just take, I've learned that I, 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 I've taken the, the role of father um, a lot more seriously hmm. instead of just, Oh, I'm a dad. That's what I'm doing. That's what I do. I go to work. I come home and I get to hang out with them a little bit here and there, but I take it. I've learned to take the role of being a father a lot more seriously mm-hmm. because I, when that, like I said, when my son turned eight, I realized that I have a limited time with my kids. Now that's if they're healthy. That's if everything goes as it's supposed to do. Right. Yep. Um, you know, I, uh, I just read this really interesting um, statistic that says that we're, we spend 93% of our time with our kids by the time they turn 18 and they go off to school or go over. So 93% of the time, that's a lot of time. So what I'm trying to do is figure out how can I increase that 93% of the time? Mm-hmm. Like how, how can I, what can I do now mm-hmm. um, to spend more quantity of time, which I believe equals more quality time. Mm-hmm. And so, but that I just take the role of father so much more seriously after all of this, because it's such an important role to our kids every step of the way. I agree a hundred percent. And I'm not going to criticize any guy who is like, Hey, I just don't have it in me to be quite that guy. Then yeah, you, maybe you don't. Every one of us is made slightly differently. I would just only encourage any guy who is wherever you are in the fatherhood journey, whether you're just starting, you're in the midst of it, your kids are growing out of the house. I mean, I know for me, the shift of my kids being grown and out of the house, that was, that's a transition. And there's times I'm like, mm, gosh, I really hate it, but you're going to have to figure that out on your own. And there's other times I'm still going to just embrace them big time and go, okay, let dad step in. But I invite anybody to just totally embrace fatherhood every step of the way, because I know it's made me a better man. I know I'm a much better man. And every day, I still have to learn from it, but I think if I hadn't, and again, I'm not knocking any guy who's not a dad. Okay. I'm not knocking that, but I'm saying if you're a dad, I invite you to realize what a gift that is because it's a huge gift you've been given. Wow. That's awesome. Well said. Well, Mark, I love everything you stand for. We're going to have everything about Mark on the website for the podcast. Check out his books. He's got three really great books. He does a lot of speaking. He's got Friday night lights, both for fathers and daughters and sons. He does some speaking out there in the world at parenting conferences. He's got another book called The Dad Drift. And he's just one of those guys that I think if you give him the time and you're looking for like some insight, this might be your guy to go, hey, here's what I'm doing to learn how to be a better dad and give him a little bit of your time to figure that out. So thanks so much, man, for being here. So glad our paths crossed. And I really enjoyed being able to share you with my audience today. So thanks again, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus real men, real talk where the conversations continue.